Hi. Welcome. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> All right, take two. Hello, and welcome to Bachelor Therapy Hour. I'm Sarah. And I'm Joseph. <laughs> oh, wow, the beer would not open. And we are a pair of married mental health professionals hosting weekly therapy sessions to conceptualize all of the riveting interpersonal dynamics on each week's Bachelor franchise show. <laughs> Bachelor <laughs> franchise. Yes, like a McDonald's franchise. Yes, that is not the most easy phrase to say. Well, hi, everyone. It is past midnight on sunday night so it's now monday morning and uh we're recording right now because everything in the world is really anxiety provoking so we can't go to sleep so we're going to talk about the bachelorette as a distraction this is called the sunday scaries (laughs) this is called the sunday scaries pandemic omicron burnout finals week edition <laughs> see the only omicron i knew before this was uh omicron Perseer i8 which was the name of that? the ship of zap no wait it was the name of a planet in futurama the tv series <laughs> okay well that's news to me <laughs> Yes, for all my Futurama fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the Bachelorette and Futurama um, demographic is definitely... uh... There is no overlap. (laughs) It's just you. Except for me, somehow. (laughs) All right. Well, we're back. We took a week off for the Men Tell All. We did watch it, but we didn't really feel like talking about it. Um, There wasn't that much to really discuss other than that a bunch of men who behave badly were given the opportunity to apologize for their bad behavior and they instead made it worse and uh was it will got served with this uh yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's like not real but that was entertaining um you don't think that was real i hope not (laughs) i mean I don't think so. Tasha also... Pizza guy seems pretty serious. <laughs> he does take himself way too seriously, so that's a good point. What's his name again? I forget his name. Um, the pizzapreneur. Pete, I think? I think it's Pete, yeah. 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 Not Pilot Pete, but... Yeah. Um, Tasha addressed her breakup from Zach. Yeah, that got a little that, intense there. Yeah, um, that was uncomfortable. And what else happened? Um, Jamie continued to just talk in, like, nonsense words and uh, declined to apologize, really. Um, someone called her Mr. called him Mr. Ted Talk, which was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> um, I could see him giving a Ted Talk. Like, how to be, like, a motivational speaker or something. Yeah. And then Martin also didn't apologize, continued to blame Michelle for uh, misunderstanding him. And also, it came out that he, like, had a girlfriend. So, um, all in all, pretty poor performance from... You would think the producers would do their research more and, like, figure out who... Well, I guess people can hide that. I mean, the most they have is, like, social media and, like, background checks, I guess, and... Yeah. Well, also, I mean, his uh, justification was, well, we weren't together while I was on the show. I didn't even have my phone, which is so funny. It's like <laughs> literally because we were not physically in the same place. We were no longer together. And then well, as... also, I just didn't have any contact with her, so <laughs> right. it wasn't real. So anytime we're not together, right. anytime phone, you're at work, we're not married. 
exactly. Is that, is that right. By case? that logic, like when we're both at work and we're not on our phones, we are not together at the point. Wow. <laughs> yeah, our marriage is void anytime we're not literally in communication with each other. So. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know if this is a thing, but I've heard about this, that there's like theories of like, <laughs> like metaphysics or something, not metaphysics, what's the word? Yeah, maybe like physics or this idea that like reality outside of ourselves is like, doesn't exist. Like every time we're only in like conscious of what's going on around, everything else just like actually doesn't exist unless our consciousness touches it. So you're kind of like moving around and then as you come. So like when you come home from work and I'm like, how is work? That didn't exist. Because I don't know. <laughs> it's just no those theories. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just this idea of like, really, we can never know that like stuff outside of us is actually happening. Like it could just like. Sure. Except now everyone like live streams their life. Yeah, so like exactly. It's pretty hard. I'm just saying before like there was phones and live stream, like there was like, oh, I wonder if anything outside of us exists like at any given time. I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kind of like out that. there. Well, just kind of like that. It's like, well, if it's not around me, it's not real. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just no. Um, what is it like? Object permanence. Yeah. Like if my exactly. girlfriend is not literally in the room with me, then she does not exist, yeah. and I have absolutely no like responsibility. It's almost or, like the like, Matrix, you know, like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. All right, moving on. Let's move on. We're like a little bit delirious at this point. Okay, so um, it is December. Well, it just changed. So it's December 20th, almost the shortest day of the year. It is bleak, COVID winter. And so we are going to bring some heat by talking about the <laughs> fantasy suites. <laughs> So first of all, okay, so this week was one of my favorite episodes, Fantasy Suite episode, um, because, well, first of all, this is the time when a network television production decides that arbitrarily it is now appropriate for two consenting adults to engage in intercourse with each other um, <laughs> in this very contrived way. Um, Wait, I have a question. So, the show, the series, I guess, makes it so that, like, you're only supposed to, like, do it at a certain <laughs> period. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. they orchestrate it. it. Like, give you the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But has there ever been a time where, yes. outside of that, that they've... Yes. You know, done the deed? Yes. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's happened on a couple of seasons, actually. Um, I think it was Caitlin, who's now the like, host... On her season, I think she slept with Nick, who ended up being her runner-up um, earlier so in the she, season. During the season. Mm -hmm. And then and he didn't even win. No. Wow. But he became The Bachelor eventually. Okay. Um, yeah, it has happened. There was also something with... Um, so they don't really, like, monitor every second of the Bachelor, Bachelorette as their in the show right so it's like it's possible someone can like come over to their suite or i think so okay. yeah gotcha mm -hmm. didn't know that 
I remember also on a previous season, I think it was Juan Pablo's season, that there was some insinuation that he, maybe it was Claire, actually, who then became the Bachelorette. Someone fact-checked me on this. They were like, they had a date in the ocean, and obviously they didn't show it, (laughs) but then later he was kind of like slut-shaming her and saying like, that she was a bad role model or something like that. Um, where it was kind of like the audience could infer that something had happened in that the, kind of changed his view of her, even though he engaged in, the, in it. In the ocean? <laughs> yes. Oh. I think because then they don't have like microphones on and stuff. Microphone. <laughs> I don't know. Moving on. Um, Wouldn't that burn? <laughs> this is a really highbrow episode so far okay so on michelle's season it does seem like she did not skirt the uh the uh timeline as uh given to her by abc and so this is her first opportunity to forego her individual room and spend the night together in the fantasy suite and she spent the night with all three of them she did spend the night with all three of them. But I think there were various levels of intimacy though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, all that to say, um we'll kind of get into uh what happens over the course of the episode and kind of our takes on that, but I will say this episode was incredible television. Um I hope that everyone who's listening already knows what happens, and so it's not a spoiler, but at the end, (sighs) Joe is sent home. And I think also, at this point, it is appropriate to uh, give a little disclaimer here, and that is that in the psych world, it's always very important for us to interrogate our implicit and explicit biases. They shape the way that we see the world. They affect our conceptualizations of people. They affect how we relate to people. All of that. So all that to say, I think it is important to disclose that we are a very Team Joe household. (laughs) We were rooting for Joe the whole time. I'm only rooting for Joe because we have the same name. And also you're both like introverted by nature. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're both ballers. <laughs> and so everything that happens in this episode um, is gonna... it's filtered through the lens of me being basically a Joe Coleman stan. And, um, <laughs> one. and also I think part of that is the fact that I project a lot of our relationship on Joe and Michelle's relationship, probably unfairly. Um, but... I think that is important to address. Well, I mean, as we've seen online, there's a, quite a bit of people who are also just have difficulty seeing why she made that decision. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. So anyway, when Michelle gave Brandon the, or called Brandon's name for the final rose of the two roses she was going to give out at the end of this episode, we both gasped and screamed well i don't know if i screamed i screamed i definitely gasped and then you and then said like walked away yeah you couldn't even handle like, it I like yeah like <laughs> i guess i ran away <laughs> and then you said 
you know, I'm rarely ever shocked by this show, yeah, but this really. time I did not see that coming. I did not. I did not see that coming. No. I thought it was going to be Joe and Nate, and that's yeah. that was it. And when she pulled that, mm-hmm. you know, she made that decision. Yeah, it was shocking. But we talked about theories as to why maybe that would be the scenario that would occur. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was just, I mean, still shocking, though. Well, what were the theories? Yeah, so I guess one theory was uh, when it came to, like, just why Joe would be eliminated instead of, like, Brandon. Because we know Mm -hmm. Nate is one of, you know, the top or, you know, top two at minimum. And just also to say we are not spoiled. We don't actually know the result. Yeah, we don't know the result. But uh, Our intuition uh, is leading us to believe that probably yeah, Nate, Nate will be, was, yeah, just or at it, least Nate is her first choice. Yeah. We don't know how things will unfold. Yeah, but. and so I guess the theory that we had come up with, which mm-hmm. um, was that she would eliminate Joe instead of Brandon to make it easier to eliminate, to select Nate and eliminate Brandon. If, say, mm. Joe was there at the end with Nate, it would be a harder decision, and so it made it easier yeah. for her to eliminate somebody who was actually closer and you know yeah and then have some distance between that breakup which is difficult for her i mean she was kind of she collapsed in tears yeah, yeah. when she had to break up with joe have some distance between that and mm-hmm. when she accepts a proposal from nate so yeah. it's not kind of yeah well um, given the previews i don't know if it's gonna go as smoothly right as that but yeah mm-hmm. i think i think that that theory may hold yeah, although <laughs> I did hear um, somebody point out, which is a great point, that um, that strategy is maybe not the wisest one because what if there's a Katie situation where your top choice self-eliminates, like Greg did, and then you're stuck with someone else and you actually wanted your the next person to be Joe and now only Brandon is left, right? <laughs> like, that's kind of what happened with Blake. It was like, well, Blake's still here. Um, <laughs> and that did not And that well. did not, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know kind of what Michelle's calculus was, but I, I also wonder if she maybe thought that Joe would um, – be more hurt by a breakup than Brandon would just because Brandon is so kind of like happy-go-lucky that maybe she thought like he could handle the breakup. Yeah. yeah. And so again, you would want that easier breakup right before you're about to get engaged yeah. than a more difficult one. Um although Joe was so in shock that he really didn't have much of a reaction to the breakup. Um I mean, even Without the shock, I don't think he would have much reaction. He's not a very expressive person. Externally, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. mean, expressive. This means he's not emotional. Yeah. So let's talk about the remaining guys um, from this week. And then we can kind of move into, um, you know, why we maybe think that Michelle is going to choose Nate. Um, and maybe why these men, though, made it this far. Like, what... What is the significance of that? Okay. So I have this really, really ridiculous schema that I have come up with in the shower that I need to share with you, and I want your thoughts on it. Hashtag shower thoughts. <laughs> and so Wait, isn't I... Wait, is there a subreddit called shower, our shower thoughts or something like that? <laughs> Maybe. You should have put it on there. Probably 
most people on Reddit don't watch the show. Okay, well, <laughs> if you think that these are thoughts worthy of Reddit, we can do that I'm afterwards. I'm going to look this up and see if there's a, a Reddit <laughs> subreddit for a bachelor. Okay, go on. Well, there's definitely a subreddit for a bachelor, but I avoid it because I'm afraid of being spoiled. And I like to live a spoiler-free lifestyle. So our Bachelor Nation only has 40,000 members. Only 40,000? really not a lot. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And their last post was not very recent. Okay, go on. Okay. Well, anyway, so I want to explain Michelle's men and Michelle, the remaining ones, top guys through um which type of therapy i think they are not which therapy they need or would respond best to but like if you had to categorize somebody as a type of therapy what type of therapy would they be does that make sense yes okay so i'm gonna wait what type of therapy would you be wouldn't i be Mm mm-hmm well, that's kind of hard to say because I know which therapy I, like, personally um, prefer to use. And I think it's a good fit for me. But, what, okay, what do you think I would be? Hmm. I think you would be... As I pop away. Drama pop. therapy. Drama therapy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? You like to, you know, act things out, you know? <laughs> I like to act things out? <laughs> what? You like to role play, you know what I mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I'll have to come up with one for you then. <laughs> I'm not. You're just calling me dramatic. No! Right? Drama therapy is not about being dramatic. Okay. But I don't. <laughs> it's like I don't... putting emotion and thoughts into movement. No, I, I know that. You like but... to dance and move, you know? <laughs> Drama therapy. Okay. Um, well, I'll come up with yours in a minute. Um, all right. Let me share who, what I think about the contestants and you tell me, uh, if you agree or not. Let's start with Brandon. Brandon was the easiest one. He's the one who made me think of this whole thing. Brandon is for sure Rogerian person-centered therapy. And what is that? And that is... A client-centered therapy that is um, where the therapist provides unconditional positive regard. That's kind of like the core value of the therapy. And they do not really guide the... They follow the lead of the, um, of the client. They don't necessarily establish goals. It's all about like the therapeutic relationship and providing this kind of corrective experience of having unconditional positive regard and that means that they don't necessarily you know say every decision that the client is making is a good one but they always view them positively and give them positive kind of relational feedback Uh so 
that is Brandon in a nutshell. I feel like Brandon I, I is think like that one is pretty clear cut. Yeah, <laughs> he is all about just like positive affirmations. He's like even he's like Michelle. You can make any decision you want. You can even break up with me. I'll still love you. You're still my <laughs> best friend. You did say that, didn't you? Yeah, I do <laughs> yeah, remember that. Like, that was a little like wow. I mean, that's like literally anything you do, I will still think you are the queen. You can do literally no wrong. Like <laughs> in our relationship, it will be. I still be there for you. Yeah, no matter what you do, I will always respect you and love you. And um, yeah, so I think that's pretty clear cut. Um, and you know, I think after we get through this kind of silly exercise we can talk about why that might be appealing to michelle based on our previous analysis of like what michelle's core beliefs about herself are and what she might be searching for in a relationship Uh so that's brandon okay so you agree on that one i agree on that one okay joe is psychoanalysis oh yeah He is uh-huh. very slow to kind of develop, not develop, but like to um, kind of express himself. Yeah. It, he's like a long-term therapy. Yeah. He's it's more. A slow burn. Yeah. He's like very kind of insight oriented. Um, Michelle made that comment in this episode where she said, um, Joe is like a thousand piece puzzle. That's kind of like <laughs> reminds me of like analysis, right? Like you're uh, trying yeah. to figure out every aspect of like why you are the way you are yeah. and yeah. figure out patterns. And um, as you said, like a slow burn, a long term, like you are here for a long time. And also I get that sense from him. Like he is a committed partner. I think, I think he's someone who kind of like zeroes in on someone and like that relationship is his, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. his world, which also in traditional analysis, like clients are seen like five times a week. So <laughs> he's also kind of laugh. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, I mean, in today's world, like every single therapist has a wait list of clients, so no one's being seen five times a week. But yeah, I mean, um, psychoanalysts see people five times a week. It's yeah. just like mm-hmm. the only people who can afford that are a special group of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm just thinking about psychoanalysis, the stance of the therapist is supposed to be kind of. Uh, Kind of almost function more as a mirror. Exactly. And also... Yeah. Not sharing a lot of their own Not sharing very much of, you know, their own reactions. Just kind of more reflecting and allowing Mm -hmm. the client to explore themselves. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of going back to this idea of the the blank slate, the tabula rasa. Mm That's what they called it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of, you know, not really so much a person. You're just more of a... A mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a conduit, kind of. Mm-hmm. Or like a vessel for the client to yeah. and more do traditional psychoanalysis. You know, nowadays, psychoanalysis and even more psychoanalytic psychotherapy and psychodynamic therapy are practiced differently mm-hmm. than that. But, yeah. But Joe also is, he's an old school type of guy. He's like an old soul, and therefore he is traditional psychoanalysis. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be like Freudian psychoanalysis. <laughs> yeah. And like then straight up like couch, not looking at the therapist, <laughs> like 
literally like just saying like positioned behind the yeah, client. Mm-hmm. Just like got any questions? Nope. <laughs> you got any questions? Nope. nope. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Sit in silence. You know, Joe would be really good probably at sitting in silence. He would be. That's a challenge for a lot of therapists. Um, it's pretty uncomfortable, but I think he, you know, <clears throat> doesn't really have that discomfort. He's happy to sit in silence. He would actually be a really good therapist, I think. <laughs> okay. And so, Nate. I was trying to sit in silence. You didn't go with me. <laughs> well, we're recording a podcast, so that's not necessarily <laughs> the most appropriate place for it. Um Okay. Kind of weird, just like static. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Nate, this one is kind of controversial. Um, I think Nate may be EMDR, and my rationale for this—I'm not super firm in it—but my rationale for it is that um, EMDR is very widely applied. Um, it was traditionally, I think, developed for trauma, but it's kind of like applied for anything these days. It has the flashy like eye movement um, part to it, which my understanding is the research doesn't necessarily support that that is needed or like adds anything, but it's kind of like um, something that makes it stand out. It's also very expensive to be trained in it as a therapist, and so therefore it is somewhat pricey to seek as a client. And there's just kind of like a, a flashiness to it that uh, reminds me of Nate. You know, like it has some bells and whistles, and Nate's all about like the jewelry and kind of being like a little like, you know, boisterous. Um, And the widely applied part, this is my kind of skepticism, I think, about Nate, which is, like, I actually really do not doubt that he's very into Michelle. I just don't know why he's particularly into her. And my question is, like, would he just be into whoever the Bachelorette was? You know, like, whoever is, like... Yeah, it it wouldn't matter if it was her or not. It's just the role. Mm -hmm. He likes the idea of it. Mm -hmm. That's my concern. We could be completely wrong (coughs) about that. I. I don't love how cynical I am about about it, but a lot of what he says is so, like, vague where it could apply to anybody. Or even, like, he'll say, like, oh, I love the, like, little things about you. And it's like, like what? Give an example, you know? Or um, even when I think we'll get to this again in a minute, but I feel like Michelle is able to project a lot of what she wants onto her relationship with Nate because Nate kind of she leads him um to say what she wants to hear and then it feels like he yeah she definitely you know, pulls for exactly the responses she actually wants it seems mm-hmm. like and especially mm-hmm. with her interactions with Nate because Nate doesn't give her much and then she will question and bring things up and then he just like well here you go mm-hmm. <laughs> she kind of hands it to him and then he says what she wants it seems like yeah and the other thing i'm not trying to like uh um i'm not trying to speak negatively at all about emdr because it is effective and it helps a lot of people and so any therapy that helps people is important (laughs) um but i also feel like it's very popular in a way and that kind of reminds me like 
you know, if you go on forums or something, anytime someone says like, oh, I'm struggling with this, people are like, try EMDR, try EMDR, try EMDR. You know, it just seems like it's very like in vogue. And so um, maybe there's something there too. The the flashing is part of it, like the eye movement stuff, Mm -hmm. the lights or, you know, some people don't use the lights, they use their fingers or, Mm -hmm. so what about it is actually effective? I think the actual, like, like other uh, trauma therapies, like cognitive processing therapy or prolonged exposure, there is some kind of reliving of trauma that actually kind of makes the memory less powerful, um, that allows people some kind of freedom from like the, the grip of the trauma. And so I think you're doing that therapy and then you're also adding this eye stuff, which may be helpful for some people, maybe kind of like a distraction that just lessens the intensity of the reliving. Um, I honestly, I don't want to speak too much about EMDR because I really am not that familiar with it. Um, I don't have any training in it. So, um, this is just what I've learned in my drama class. Yeah, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, and like, I guess that's kind of... Where did you get of... orange juice from? The orange juice drink. I put... With the white claw? Yeah, I made like a mimosa with, with a white claw. Wow. All right. Um, okay. So anyway, I think maybe maybe it's this. Maybe it's my reaction. Both EMDR and Nate bring up in me, I think, a healthy bit of skepticism. That's a good way of putting it. You know, like it, maybe it's my reaction that actually is the the piece that is um, making that like drawing that comparison for me. And again, like if EMDR helps people, that's wonderful. Like I would recommend it to people. I've heard, you know, like there is research to suggest that it's effective. And so if someone has an opportunity to do EMDR, I'm not going to say like, don't do it. Um It's just not something I would particularly be all that interested in, um, in going through all the training to learn. (laughs) That's just my personal preference. And also Nate is just not my personal style. So again, maybe it's something just in my reaction. Yeah. And then, okay. So lastly, do we want to include Rodney? What do you think Rodney would be? Oh, I was actually going to ask you... Michelle. I think Michelle. Because you've covered Brandon, you've covered Joe, you've covered, covered Nate, Nate, yeah. And Michelle's the remaining person. Yeah, I think Michelle would be like a straight like behaviorist. Yep. She's behaviorism, which she probably actually <laughs> learned um, as a teacher. Yep. She's very effective at disciplining behavior that she does not like (laughs) acting swiftly there's a very clear connection between the action and the consequence she's great at that you know you did this i don't like it you're leaving um and she's pretty good again at like positively reinforcing uh behaviors that she does like and she does that with nate where she's like very responsive when he um you know is more expressive with how she how he feels about her and she is then therefore pulling that out of him more yeah 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 i mean 
I think all teachers have either whether they've had formal training or not are behaviorists at the core mm-hmm. <laughs> and dealing with students. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and obviously, like it's not always that heavy-handed. It can be very subtle, but um, yeah, I mean, teaching people, you know, the or students, kids, the relationship between. Um, you know, actions and consequences, and also, like, positively reinforcing um, desired behaviors is pretty important. That's how you build habits. So, yeah, I think she's probably behaviorism. She's the whole field behaviorism. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to say, like, what therapy? (laughs) So, like, I don't know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Have you come up with one for me? For you? Well, um, hmm. Well, see, I guess my, like, idea is kind of, like, colored by which therapy I know that you enjoy the most. So that's, like, what I associate with you, which would be, like, psychodynamic therapy or theory. Um... But, hmm, I guess I'll stick with that for now. All right. I guess dynamic because um, you have a lot of depth. <laughs> um, and you're one, very interested. You're interested in relationships. You're interested in... Um, the bachelor you know patterns from early childhood into adulthood um yeah all right okay so let's talk briefly about um maybe what we know about michelle and what each person kind of like provides to her so I think it's really interesting. Brandon, Joe, and Nate are all very different. Yeah. So interestingly, it's not like she has a type necessarily personality-wise. I think they all kind of represent something else in terms of what they bring to a relationship, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, so when it comes to Joe, what would Joe say if she would have not eliminated him? What do you think he brings? Definitely stability. I think he he is the one with whom we saw the most substantive conversations about what would our life look like together. Where it was like, I saved up money. I want to live in Minnesota. I want to have three kids. Not even I. Like, we together could do these things. Um, we could... Um, You know, I moved into real estate. Like, he's very practical, too. Like, I chose this job because I can support my family this way. And so I think what was hard to wrap our heads around was he is kind of providing everything that Michelle has said that she has wanted. She has said, I want to stay in Minnesota and stay close to my family. I want to have a house on Lake Minnetonka, you know. And... um. (laughs) I want to continue teaching um, in the community that I love. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say they want to live on Lake Minnetonka. 
Oh, Michelle said it. And <laughs> and I feel like he could provide all of those things. Like, and they get along well. Um, he is very attractive. <laughs> um, but I think there was, what was missing was maybe some emotional expressiveness that she needs based on her prior history of feeling used in relationships or feeling uncertain. And I wonder if that evoked in her some uneasiness or discomfort that reminded her of past relationships where she wasn't sure where she stood or she, like, I wonder if that brought up in her some uneasiness of like, when's the shoe going to drop, you know, or when's this going to go south? Whereas someone like Brandon is so effusive with his praise and how he feels almost to like a cringy level. Um, But Joe is not that way. And so I wonder if that brings up some like insecurities from her past of feeling like, you know, does he really want to be here with me? And yeah, yeah. not really sure where he really stands. Yeah. Which I think was unfortunate because I do think Joe was very invested and in her specifically. Um, it just, he's not used to really expressing that and doesn't have a lot of experience with it. Um, and so I wonder also if, you know, for him, that's not something that he's had a lot of experience with. And so that's been difficult for him. Um, but when you're in this position where you're comparing, if Joe is the less kind of, you know, if Joe is the one who is the least forthcoming with how he feels, I could see how you would then interpret, well, maybe his feelings are just the least strong, which I don't necessarily think was the, you know, the truth, but I can understand how you would act based on that decision or based on that um, analysis, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes people who are more introverted like Joe, they can come off as more indifferent or cold or uninterested really than mm-hmm. they actually are. And, mm-hmm. and so relative to Nate and Brandon, especially Brandon, <laughs> who's more expressive and kind of, you know where he stands because he mm-hmm. tells you very, well, un- uninhibitedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Unabashedly. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I think that could be misinterpreted as like, this person is not as interested or not as invested really mm-hmm. when maybe internally they might be as or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's kind of frustrating as a viewer is when you see that kind of comparison, you see, Oh my gosh, Joe has everything she said she wanted, which makes for great drama, right? Like we were very surprised when she sent him home. Um, but you're also kind of like, okay, so is she going to end up with someone who we never even saw them discuss? Are they, like, is he going to move to Minnesota? Things like that, where I'm like, okay, is Nate going to move from Austin, where he gets to be on the water every day, to Minnesota, where the winters are, like, negative 30 degrees? You know, like, things like that that seem like Joe was also the most pragmatic. They had the most, like, as I said, substance substantive like conversations about their future together and to me that like speaks very promisingly of a stable partnership um 
whereas the other ones may be almost like so emotion focused that um they're kind of glossing over these practical considerations that do obviously yeah. factor into like how your relationship's <laughs> gonna fare like yeah. i mean you see that in a lot of relationships where you just kind of um are overtaken by the emotion and really like the logical pieces not addressed <laughs> like the practicalities um mm-hmm. but sometimes you know people are a little too over inhibited and then there's no emotion and so it's kind of a <laughs> try to find that balance and maybe she didn't see that in joe yeah i think what's what was really heartbreaking was when Joe was in the limo after being eliminated and he truly seemed shocked. I don't think he saw that coming at all. I mean, I think he and Nate both probably accurately assessed themselves to be kind of their front runners the whole time. Um, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you open your heart and get vulnerable and this is what happens. And so you really hope that he does not have like, a reactive kind of um, reaction to that where he kind of clamps up again and instead of kind of learning, oh, I opened up and it was, um, you know, I got to experience all of these things that I hadn't before and I was in love instead focusing on and then I got heartbroken and so I'm not going to try it again. Like kind of focusing on the result instead of the process, yeah. um, which is what I would fear for him. So I hope... I hope he has a good therapist to work through that with. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, And so, okay, so Nate, what do you think, or do you want to start with Brandon? Let's go with Brandon. What do you think, based on kind of what we know about Michelle, is so appealing about Brandon? Because because Brandon now is in the final two, and we did not expect him to be. So obviously there's something very compelling about Brandon. Yeah, I think the the piece that she just can't get away from is the all the validation that she gets mm-hmm. and the I know this guy is into me and is wants to be with me mm-hmm. whereas with her experience you know the things that she feels insecure about mm-hmm. she has, she doesn't have to question that it's like very apparent so that in in itself is very attractive Yeah, and I think we were talking about Joe as being very stable. He's very stable in, like, the lifestyle type of sense. Like, you know Joe's going to be there when you come home from work. He's going to mow the lawn. He's going to get you a house on Lake Minnetonka, etc. But Brandon provides that stable, as we said, unconditional positive regard and validation that, as you said, like, makes you feel very secure in a relationship. I mean the affection being so unconditional i think there is potentially a conversation to be had around when brandon pulled michelle aside during the rose ceremony did that change anything or not it may have it may have not um but i think it definitely confirmed for her that brandon's feelings are kind of unconditional that like he will always be her biggest cheerleader and is not going to which again also leads to maybe she's keeping him because he will be um easier to break up with in a way because like he's not going to uh 
be judgmental of her for not choosing him. Um, yeah. Yeah, which kind of makes it a little bit Easier. less stressful, I guess. Um, yeah, when we were watching, it was funny, we were watching with a friend who was saying, like, I think, like, this would be so great to have someone who's just, like, telling you, you know, all these kind things all the way, all the time. My reaction was, like, ugh, this is so cringy and, like, hyperbolic and just, like, over the top. But, obviously, that's coming from different styles of relationships and whatnot. Um, the word I do remember using as we were watching was unimpeachable. Like, I feel like Brandon is an unimpeachable choice, right? Like, any parent would be happy to have their daughter date Brandon, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, he is going, he's a very genuine exceedingly earnest <laughs> kind person um very kind of puppy dog like in his kind of intense bonding and like loyalty um and so you could see why that's absolutely very appealing to have in a partner especially when you're in this weird process where you are a comparing everybody to everyone but you're also like in this weird thing where you're dating multiple people and then you're expected to then be like monogamous and thrust into the spotlight, I think you could see how Brandon would be a very secure choice. Like he's going to be by your side. He's not going to have any problem being loyal to you and you're never going to have to question, you know, (laughs) um, what Brandon's doing when you're not together. Um, to the point where my concern would be um, jealousy. And I think we saw a little bit of that in their, the men's reaction, like their interactions with each other this week. Brandon was very guarded about anything related to Michelle, almost to a point that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, whereas Joe and Nate were more just like, yeah, I'm just focusing on like my relationship and like, whatever Brandon was very um it seemed like he had a hard time a much more difficult time I think kind of processing like the situation that they were in um yeah what do you think about that yeah it sounds right (laughs) wow thanks babe It does also remind me a little bit of our conversation about potential reasons why Zach and Tisha may have broken up, which one was kind of maybe some envy around or insecurity around Tisha being very much in the limelight and Zach not wanting to be in that position and kind of how that would erode at a relationship over time. Um, So I hope that that wouldn't be the case for Brandon and Michelle if they're together. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a piece that we haven't really talked about very much um, is just like physical attracti- attraction. Mm-hmm. And I guess my impression is that Michelle is more physically attracted to Nate and Joe than Brandon. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think that's going to come play into the finale um since joe was out of the picture yeah i definitely agree i think what we saw of the you know morning after 
we saw her and Brand, you know, Michelle and Brandon were fully clothed and having a food fight, which was very <laughs> struck me as just very kind of like juvenile. Middle I think school. Yeah, I think also something though that Michelle enjoys about Brandon is that he pulls out this like very playful side of her. And so I could see how also you might keep Brandon along because this is a very high pressure situation and he is like stress relieving like he is so playful happy all the time um and joyful and you could see how that would kind of you would want to be around him um but there was not a lot of like sultry energy you know it was very much like yeah i mean you could have that same scene with you know a friend of yours um whereas with joe and nate there was definitely more of like a um yeah yeah just more like actual physical chemistry i think yeah um yeah it seems like with brandon going back to like when we talked about companionate versus passionate love mm-hmm. there's more of a companionate love with mm-hmm. brandon and when it comes to joe and nate there was kind of more of a a split yeah, and also, obviously, all of that is entirely subjective. So we're yeah. just no, yeah. basing that based on our observations of Michelle's reactions to him. Like, they're all incredibly attractive men. They're all yeah, gorgeous, exactly. all of that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it seems like her reaction to him is more, yeah, as you said, companionate, whereas it's more yeah. passionate for the other two. Yeah. Um, especially Nate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so Nate, this one is tough because I think this is kind of one of those situations where it's like, hmm, sometimes love defies logic, right? Like, it is very difficult to make the case for why Nate would be who she would choose, right? Based on what she has expressed as her priorities for a partner, Um like, I don't think that Michelle, you know, day one would have said, what I'm looking for is, and really describe much that is Nate, I think she would describe someone more similar to Joe, which is probably why she kept him along or for so long, because he represented everything that she wanted on paper. But <laughs> here we are with Nate being the clear front runner. Um, okay, what's your take on this on Nate being the clear front runner on just like (laughs) what is appealing about Nate to her above everybody else his height (laughs) (laughs) okay can you be serious for one second um I think he's just more like adventurous more risk taking probably than all of them it seems like and it seems like hmm. that's easy to get caught up in. and So it's, like, exciting. Yeah, it's just, like, a, there's a novelty to it and an excitement. Mm-hmm. And also he's, you know, good-looking guy. So in that combination, yeah. you know, that's you get kind of swept up in it, I'd imagine. But mm-hmm. long-term, is that last? And it's like, mm, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, mm-hmm. My guess is no. You know, that just can't be sustained, obviously. And it's like, what's going to happen when they have to live with each other day to day? Um, Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where things get difficult. Yeah. It makes me think of when um, during hometowns, 
you know, all the parents ask, oh, what do you like about my son? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember Rodney's mom asking Michelle, and she said, like, Rodney's someone who, if we were stuck at an airport for five hours, like, we would have a good time or whatever. And which obviously was like, okay, she's not picking him. She's just thinking about, like, you know, biding her time in an airport. But it does make <laughs> you think, like, it's a weird not... Thing to say. <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe she sees Nate as that person who's going to make everything an adventure. Where... Yeah, but, like, but not, not, in everything reality... can, not everything can be made into an adventure. And it's like, exactly. most of life is actually not. And so, exactly. how do you yeah. how do you deal with that day-to-day? Don't get me wrong. There are times when there are adventures do... You know, you have the opportunity to do that, right. but... Well, that, I think that's the concern. And I think my concern um, is not that I don't think her feelings are strong for Nate. I think her feelings are incredibly strong for Nate. I just get, like, worried from this almost, like, maternal place of, like, oh, Michelle, like, I don't want your heart to be broken because you're kind of blinded by this very strong physical chemistry. Um, I think that's kind of undeniable. That's a very strong factor here. And the fact that this guy is in a situation where you can have all of these amazing adventures together, but like, will that translate to your normal life? Because at the end of the day, she's someone who has said like, I want to continue teaching every day. You know, like is (laughs) naked to be someone who is supportive when you wake up at 5 a.m. because you're a teacher and come home exhausted and need to lesson plan at night. You know, like, there isn't that much adventure in that, you know? There's a lot of fulfillment in that, and there's a lot of passion and, like, you know, um, reward in that. But it's not the same as going skydiving or, you know, being on the water every day or, you know... Whatever you're able to do in a bachelorette setting. Um, yeah. I mean, just being on the show, I can imagine, really just sets a really unrealistic precedent of what a relationship like that would look like. Just because of how, just, yeah, day to day life is not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't have people like, you know, curating everything that you do, like right, exciting activities, people making your food, people probably cleaning your space. You know. Well, yeah, I, and there was even a funny just, moment. There's just like a lot of things that are just not... Realistic. Yeah, not, not normal. Yeah, yeah, and there was a funny moment, I remember when we were watching, even on Joe's date, where in the morning she's like, oh, you made breakfast? I'm like, he did, he did not, not make, make that. <laughs> definitely was just handed the tray of... Yeah. pancakes and I'm like fruit. this gives you absolutely no indication of whether he's actually going to make you breakfast you know exactly it's all <laughs> it's all just everything's done for you and everything is exciting and it's just like I don't know I don't I don't think it really sets up and I think also like Nate seems like a wonderful guy he seems like a really fun hang He seems like somebody who's really good-natured, really go with the flow, really, like, fun to have around. I have no doubt that he's a really good guy. Um, The question is, in terms of, like, stages of life, without knowing what he's like outside of this setting, are you ready to say, I'm committing to a life with this person? I think that's where my hesitation comes in. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, okay. I'm getting the signal that we're coming up on an hour. So we're going to try to wrap it up. Um, in short, it feels like Michelle is the most, um, kind of intoxicated by her attraction to Nate. Um, yes. We hope that his family's reservations about his readiness are, um, will be proven wrong. I think that's kind of the big question is like, you know, Michelle asked him, are you ready for, you know, falling in love, being in love and an engagement are all different things, which I think was important. And she but pulled it, the answer out of him. Yes. And so then he kind of says, okay, I'm ready for all three. Sure. Um, I think it's also, of course, not to be cynical again, but that's the answer that you give if you don't want to be sent home, right? <laughs> like, what else? <laughs> um, so, I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe they do have something that is really special and we're just not seeing, like, there's something so kind of exciting about their connection that we don't need to see their conversations about where they're going to live or whatever because... Um, the producers are more focused on showing us like how electric their chemistry is, which it certainly is. So, you know, I just hope that in the finale, they get a chance to have some of those conversations or have them in the fantasy suite and do feel ready for an engagement if that's what they both want. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, we'll see how it plays out um, in the finale. And yeah. So speaking of the finale, what are your predictions? Whoa, that word came out weird. Yeah, so I think I just said, I I feel like she's going to pick Nate. Um, it's always been Nate. Actually, we were saying, you know, our first episode ever, we were talking about the power of the primacy effect. And um, the first impression rose as kind of a, a proxy for that. And Nate won the first impression rose. And I remember saying on that podcast, yeah. wrap it up. She's going to pick Nate. And I, you know however many episodes later i think she's gonna pick nate yeah (laughs) i would i would agree with that and uh the thing is i don't know how that's gonna go i think she's gonna pick nate and want him to propose but i don't know if that is actually gonna happen and you know what it may be for the best if it if if they choose to date after without an engagement i think that would be a very wise mature choice to make um but that's like every season now. <laughs> right. Or else you have something like Katie and Blake where they got engaged when they probably shouldn't have. Um, and then quickly, you know, broke up. And that's a, a broken engagement, which is kind of um, kind of sad, I think. So, And I know Michelle cares a lot about, you know, she said many times, like, I only want to be engaged once. So I think it could be a mature choice that they could come to together to decide we're going to see where this goes and make sure our lives are compatible and take it from there. Um, or he'll get down on one knee and hopefully they're still together at the uh, after the final rose. We'll see. Um, it will also be interesting to see. I could also see her if she has a lot of hesitation or reservations about Nate talking herself into Brandon as Brandon is the choice that I said I wanted. He could be my best friend. He will love me no matter what. I feel safe with him. I could see her talking herself into that too. Yeah. I mean, she would definitely be compromising for either one of them. 
you know, with Brandon, maybe more of the physical attraction, she would have to compromise, and with Nate. But that can grow over time. More of the, you know, invested, how invested he is, or how much he fawns over her. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, again, also, she's a behaviorist. She'll uh, teach him how to do it. (laughs) Eh, sometimes you can't. (laughs) All right, well, we'll see. Um, Well, thanks for hanging in there on this very weird episode. Um, I will think more about what type of therapy I think you are, and I'll bring it to the next one. Um, And stay safe and healthy, everybody. I would say I'm gestalt therapy. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Maybe your existential therapy, actually, because there's a lot that you don't know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) That was just a jab. Actually, I do think you might be existential. You're a very deep thinker. I don't know about deep. I'm just very morbid. You think a lot about, like, large-scale issues and problems and death yeah and you also invoke a lot of philosophy in your day-to-day paranormal activity (laughs) yeah you know what i'm gonna go with existential i think you're existential i would be like more parapsychology oh my gosh that's not even a therapy but yeah Okay, it's 1 a.m. That's why this is absolutely making no sense anymore. So we're going to sign off. All right. All right. Uh, Keep processing. Say goodbye, Owen. Bye, Owen.